0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Now, here's David Tuttle and Astro's master of banter, Blummer.
1: All right, we're in the bleachers. Blum's on the West Coast, folks.
2: Yeah. I'm on the West Coast. I just woke up 10 minutes ago because I'm an idiot, and I'm like, oh, 10 o'clock podcast. I'll be fine. Yeah, Uh, yeah. that's uh, 10 o'clock for Marco, 8 o'clock for Blummer, (laughs) and Tuttle's already had a workout in, and I barely have my... I'm waiting for my cup of coffee to cool off before I can get into it. So uh, yeah, my hotel coffee is, is sizzling still, and I'm in here, and I owe you guys a huge debt of gratitude for the way you handled that last podcast because I was unavailable. Um, you know I had something I needed to tend to within the family and uh, was able to do that. And at the same time that Julia TK, Robert Ford, and Steve Sparse were picking me up on the TV side, I have my boys Marco and uh, David Tuttle picking me up on the podcast side. And I want to th- say thank you for that. And uh, Marco did a good job of sending me the, the, the audio of it and not telling me what was on the end of the audio. So I appreciate <laughs> that. It locked me up, to be brutally honest, when uh, you know when I was listening to it in my hotel room in, where the heck were we at? Uh, Tampa, in Tampa Bay. Uh, nice work. I appreciate you guys. Tuttle, how'd it feel to do a solo podcast, man?
1: I have a lot of respect for you uh, and TK uh, picking each other up in innings and stuff. <laughs> I mean, yep. everybody that listens to this podcast knows I'm not short on opinions and or chit-chat, but uh, but when you're kind of responsible for it all, you want to be clear and concise <laughs> and get rid of some of the ums and the you knows. But uh, Mark actually helped me out. We kind of decided to do kind of a Q&A, and that, that helped a lot because having that interaction back and forth was certainly was a, good. a benefit to me as well. But uh, yeah, it was great. I mean, we missed you, of course. and. You know, when you turn 50, a lot of things change. Like you said, the West oh. Coast, you know, central time zone, like you're struggling. Now you're the big Five O. So, you know, welcome to the class of, uh, you know, feeling older. Oh, I do. Um, so, Blum, we got to. Well, a couple things on tap I wanted to mention. Um, I read a really good article. I don't think I forwarded it to you about the players now interviewed after a month of what the rule changes mean. It was funny. Mm-hmm. They took about uh, you know, took a couple of pitchers, hitters, have some thoughts on that. You mentioned uh, injuries earlier offline, so we can talk about that and uh, we can just open it up for a- anything that we need. But I want to lean on you for some insight into what you've been hearing yeah, yeah. and what you've been seeing around the game of baseball. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of what's what's on tap for today's episode. So anything else exciting going on for you? You're traveling now West Coast, so how long are you on the oh, West Coast?
2: Dude, I'm going to see you next week. Uh, we are actually here I'm in hoping. Seattle for another three games, go to Anaheim for three games, then to Chicago for three games, a uh, couple of days off. I got to play golf yesterday up here in the great Northwest. It was beautiful. And uh, that's about it, man. There, you know, my golf. It's been Ooh. absolutely insane. My family's May is crazy because we've got, I think, Corey's brother, Corey's mom. My triplets just turned 18, by the way, on May 3rd. Um, We are recording on Cinco de Mayo, and I should probably have some tequila inside my coffee, but uh, um, (laughs) I do not. Uh, And then I've got graduation coming up. you got graduation coming up too, don't you?
1: Oh, yeah. It's not my graduation, but it is graduation. I know that. I mean, shoot, what would we
2: be graduating from? I know.
1: Into the into our fifties, right? Which we already yeah. discussed. Yes, yeah, into, so,
2: into a diet that shouldn't involve sugar and stuff, or what? <laughs> that's right.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, graduated into like, dentures. <laughs> dentures and drinking ensure. Yeah. No, so yeah, we do. June 1st is graduation. I, I know that your daughter's just turned 18. Tyler's got a couple more months before he turns 18, but he did commit to University of Washington. So I got a football he did, team. And here we forward.
2: are, right down the street. Yeah.
1: So he's, yeah, he's going to go to University of Washington. Go Huskies. I'm not too excited about the purple sweatshirt, but I am excited about uh, Uh rooting for, they have a quarterback this year, that uh, Penix guy um, Mm -hmm. that had transferred and they're supposed to be a top 10 football team. So watch out folks. I got, I got a football team to root for. Santa Clara lost its football team when I was there 20 years ago, (laughs) 25 years ago. So now I can finally root for the Huskies. So there you go.
2: That's outstanding, dude. Congrats.
1: Thanks, man. You're used to this. You got you know all your daughters have already oh, figured it out, but you sent Mia off you know last year, and yeah, she doesn't want to come back. Seems to have worked out. So I'm just following in your footsteps.
2: What? She doesn't want to come back. She doesn't want to come back. Yeah, yeah. you know how it is. You were the same way, probably. I was 18, dude. I got I got out, and I was like, peace. Yeah. And she's the same way. She just to, I mean, she knows when she comes back in the summertime, she can't stay out until like 2 a.m. You know, we run a tough yeah. friggin' schedule at home, dude. Can't be. Yeah, we do crap. too. Gotta go yeah, to no bed. 2 a.m. Yeah, got to go no. to bed. That's right. Yeah, this fossil needs to go to sleep. Yeah, I have some funny thoughts
1: about that. But yeah, so yeah, University of Washington, right down the street from you. Um, and maybe, like you said, you can show me some cool golf courses because we're going to be popping up to Seattle. Oh. I know my wife is, uh, she might, you know, either through osmosis or maybe, you know, a text chain or something. But she's going to need some help for uh, her firstborn going, you know, three-hour flight mm-hmm. away. So I don't know, I know. how Corey's going to handle that's Corey's a pretty probably jaunt, man. Yeah, but Corey's going to probably feel it a little more this year because the triplets are gone too. Yeah. But man, my wife's already like, he's going
2: I'm like, it's
1: five months from now. Like, it's not <laughs> happening <laughs> but tomorrow. But isn't that the dude brain?
2: The dude brain is like, it's going to suck, but it's going to suck then. It's not sucking now. You know what I mean? Yes. The.
1: The compa- no, absolutely. The compartmentalization is what we're skilled at. We're that's our yeah, that's, that's our skill set. And I mentioned this before, and so sorry to repeat myself, but we brought our kid home, you know, Tyler home from the hospital the first time, and you're clipping in the, you know, the the child seat and you don't know what the latch system is, and you're like it's all jiggly <laughs> and you're like just trying to get him home and then he's never leaving again. And then when he drove off to uh his sophomore, junior year of high school, when he actually drove mm. out of the driveway, leaving, I was like, "Oh my god, he's driving by himself!" So I just, it just heightens. So those, e- each of those experiences, I know when he gets on an airplane to Seattle, I'm gonna, I'm certainly gonna be emotional about it because, I mean, we're human, yeah. But I do think you're, you hit the nail on the head. We compartmentalize it. So I'm looking forward to it for him, not one hundred percent. But I'm also realizing that my wife is going to need counseling. And I don't know if I'm the one to be doing the counseling. (laughs) She's going to need some gonna need some help what's wrong with you <laughs> yeah right well if that doesn't work how come come on he left like two months ago like can't we just have fun now like come on
2: yeah but I'm gonna give you a really good example of what it's like to go from one to two or like we're going one to three mm-hmm. to none because you're yeah. gonna do the same thing your, your twins are, yeah. are gonna be gra- you know graduating in a couple of years and then moving yeah. on and then you're like holy cow then you're like that's when the chaos leaves that's what I'm worried about because there's right. always been there's always been a body in our house. There's too many people not to have at least, you know, my wife, myself, and then another person. And I think that's what's going to be crazy because usually I wake up and, you know, (laughs) <laughs> Give the girls a hug before school and see them off. I mean, there's going to be a yeah. point where I wake up that early and I look around and there ain't going to be anything there, and I'm going to go, <gasps> yeah. and that's yeah. when I'm going to lock up. You know, that, yeah. that's the part that I'm going to miss. It's just the humanity that's yeah. usually around us.
1: Yeah, you'll shed a tear over coffee in the morning for sure. And I and I will say that I think we've talked about being parents of multiples for a long time and the empty nest theory. Like, oh, it's an empty nester, but if your kids were. If you had four daughters and they were kind of spaced out every two years, it would just be a gradual, you know, Mm -hmm. just like I see, you know, just when you had the kids too, it's like, oh my God, they all need to be fed. They all need to have their diapers. Like it's just a crazy chaos. It was a factory there for the first three years. And then you get out of the chaos a little quicker. That's right. But you get out of the chaos. And I think that obviously what we're talking about is going to be very similar when they leave for college. It's like you're going to go the suddenness Is going Mm -hmm. to um, hit you much harder than you know a a gradual yeah. So that's why you guys tune into the Bleacher Blums podcast to hear. We're just going to parenting multiples in college. That's right.
2: Oh my god,
1: it sucks. Anyway, I will need counseling, but it's about four months from now.
2: It is, and you know what's crazy? Some things happen uh, quicker than you expect. Obviously, in baseball, that happens all the time, and last week, this is something that is happening around the league. It's not just happening to the Astros. Last week, we had Jose Urquidy come out of a game with a shoulder issue immediately in the first inning, and then we had Luis Garcia, eight pitches, come out, and I think it was right elbow discomfort. And that never that that translates into oh no uh, because it's always the elbow. Anytime you say elbow on a pitcher, you say oh no. And we've already seen several guys go down with uh, Tommy John surgery. Most recently, Herman Marquez, the starting pitcher for the uh, Colorado Rockies, uh, Robbie Ray for the Seattle Mariners. There's some big names out there and some big and, and, and some big injuries that are happening around the league now. My question to you, Tuttle, is it's one, it's either one of two things or it's two things because it's affecting – I feel like it's affecting uh, guys who did not play in the WBC and it's affecting guys that did play in the WBC. So the w- World Baseball Classic is what I'm referring to with the WBC. Do you think that has any impact? Because it's not happening to position players, obviously. It's happening to pitchers. What what would be the inherent issue with a pitcher who pitched in the WBC in spring training and is now trying to pitch in a major league season? And how would that affect the injury issue? Do you think it has any effect? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: I, I always I, I don't know if it's like bullets in the gun. I always feel like you have so many. I kind of believe, like personally, mm-hmm. if you're playing in the WBC, obviously your offseason's shorter, but there is a benefit to being stretched out already to head into the season, right? I mean, I think many people would argue, like, "Hey, you are playing high level baseball." Like we saw Otani, and we keep bringing that up. The Otani Trout, incredibly at bat. high level. Otani's throwing, you know, ninety nine miles an hour, and he's got his wicked slider going already. And that was, you know, pretty much, I don't know, preemptive to the season. But that was kind of that's much more high level baseball than you would typically oh, see right throwing your two innings yeah. on the backfield to get your work in before you go golfing um so there is that <laughs> lead in but maybe uh maybe they did you know kind of a shortened off season and got ready for the WBC um there is a challenge and you know this too um from being a highly competitive athlete that testosterone is many of these guys probably were like oh no it's fine i'll be ready to go when it comes and you know maybe they're through a couple of bullpens and now you're in the oh, wbc yeah. in front of forty thousand people trying to pitch for your country and you're you know you're over uh over exerting yourself right we've talked consistently about high leverage innings so i mean i i think you brought up the way you asked the question was awesome which is it's you know, it's not one of the two things. It's either both of the things, or you know what I mean, it, or mm-hmm. or either one of those things.
2: It's not. I, th- none of I think them. it might be a combination for some of these e- guys. Yeah, exactly. Certainly is
1: because you know this. It's like, you know, hey, just take it easy. You know, I mean, you've hit off guys on the back where they do the cage, and the guy's got to throw oh, behind yeah. the screen. Like the sim games. Yeah, the sim games, which are kind of like, eh, but, you know, if it's a guy you don't like or it's a guy you want to see, like, you know, you start, you know, you get that <laughs> competitive you juice, like, yeah, yeah I'm not going to let, I'm not just going to swing and miss up here. I'm going to try and, you know, drive the ball the other way or whatever. So, um... I think it can be, obviously, a combination of things. But back to the original thought is, you know, sometimes you just have a certain amount of bullets in the gun, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, the Robbie Ray thing was really interesting because in spring training, he threw really well. Actually, his first two starts, he threw really well. And now he had discomfort, and now they find out he's out for the year. Um, It wasn't Tommy John, but it was something uh, significant uh, in terms of – it's weird. It's not a snap. You know how that is where all of a sudden you just lose velocity. loss. there are those, but yeah. Yeah, you can still do the same thing. So and I think to your point it it it's because it's high high um front of the line is happening too, yeah. right? Yeah, but it's the intensity, yeah. but Arkeidy and Garcia and these starters going down. And it's funny cuz we saw Verlander had his first start yesterday. Um, so, Verlander basically took this, you know, he kind of eased into it because they know they need him at a certain point in the year. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's what we've always talked about. If you're, you can't make the club in the tub unless you're a, you know, three time Cy Young award winner with no hitters. Yeah, exactly. And then you can make the club in the tub and kind of ease into the year. And I have a feeling like he'll just continue to ramp up and they'll do pitch counts on him. So I I, I you know, I don't know if there's a scientific reason for it happening, but I definitely think it's probably a combination. You have high guys that had to throw harder and more high leverage situations earlier than they would typically do it. And or maybe the off season was a little shorter than they're used to. Um, those can both be contributing factors, but maybe it's just cumulative effect. Robbie Ray has had three really good seasons in a row, over 200 innings, obviously winning the Cy Young two years ago. Um, you know, and it just might have caught up to him, right?
2: No, but that's the thing. It's the theory. It's, it's going to blow at some point, you feel like, for a, a starting pitcher. It's just – or any pitcher. You just feel like if you're throwing at max effort consistently and you're snapping off these wicked breaking balls and creating all this kind of spin, it's just a matter of time before that tendon tears. It feels like that's the – yeah. You know, that is the mentality of a pitcher these days is just go to your blow kind of thing. And maybe the ramping up as quick as they did for the WBC and then and then hitting the brakes, slowing down, and then trying to ramp back up for, for a yeah. season kind right. of speeds up the process and maybe, you know, fires off a couple more in the chamber than you anticipated and gets you yeah. to that point quicker. But at the same time at the first, you know, first couple of starts of the season, I kind of attributed it to that dead arm because one, if you ramp up as quick as they did, and, uh, maybe you want to explain dead arm a little bit, but it feel like when they sped up the process, got hot, pitched high leverage, went five innings immediately, instead of, you know, gradually, uh, ramping up to that situation, uh, puts a lot of stress on that. And then you have that, that release of endorphins and, uh, you know, uh, intensity and adrenaline and all of a sudden you kind of plummet and then you've got to build it back up and that's where I think like you just you you didn't really get through that dead arm phase at the end of spring to be ready for the season so the dead arm happened the first couple of weeks or first couple of starts of the season you know what I mean
1: yep absolutely you nailed it I mean even as a position player you know you get dead arm or you know oh, you yeah. have these lulls legs, and hitting. Arm, yeah. it's it there's a mental component to all this and it's a foundation and if you don't Build up the foundation correctly, because you're going to have lulls in the season. We see guys skip starts, we see those kind of things, and I think yeah. to your point, you typically see that in June. We've we've talked about the dog days of summer on on this podcast, but maybe like you said, now we're into May and it's like where they normally would get that dead arm in July. Now they're getting that dead arm or that you know that lull in the season kind of earlier. But either way, it's disappointing when you see these guys, you know, getting injured. But I do recall. In the old days, I mean, way back in our day, the old days, it was like, oh, yeah, he needs Tommy John. He's out 18 months. Now it's kind of like, oh, yeah, he needs Tommy John. He'll be back in 18 months. There's there's just a different tone in the voice. It's like it's not a big deal. Like Mm -hmm. you throw until you blow and then once you blow out you get fixed and you come back throwing just as hard you know they have the reha- they have the surgery and the rehab process dialed Dude, the in the rehab around it is so good yeah <laughs> yeah it's so good so to your point i mean you have so many bullets in the chamber and you have to manage it and i do think the wbc um, it, it would be interesting to add because we consistently talked about rule changes. Interesting to add that in here with the sp- sped up pitches because you're talking about dead arm, like, hey, you got to pitch now, you got to pitch now, you got to pitch now. No, I know that's my next
2: theory. Is that yeah. there was an article in The Athletic talking about the clock and how it's affecting a lot of these guys and forcing them yep. to pitch quicker, like you're saying, throw more pitches in less amount of time. Yep. That's going to put a lot of stress on that arm
1: yep unless you've already done it i mean you played with a guy uh mark burley who was just get on the mound and go and go and go Yeah, that was his game and those, yeah that was his game and so those guys are going to have more success in this kind of you know in this kind of scenario than some of the guys like gossman you said and and luis garcia who had to, to adjust his uh mm-hmm. uh his motion yeah, uh cortez deliveries. with the yankees right with those you know and and uh i can think of a bunch of guys uh cueto there's guys that like to mix <laughs> up their delivery and mess with the timing and you Know, have these extra things, and certainly that I, I guarantee that's an effect. And part of it is, I've brought this up before: placebo effect, right? It's how it affects you mm-hmm. mentally. So maybe you're going quicker, and just the fact that you're going quicker, you've changed your mechanics. Slightly without even noticing. Now you can, you know, we have all these like software and you can see every pitch and every, but Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you're just landing quicker or your arm doesn't get up as quick because you're trying to, you know, rush the ball to home plate, almost like a slide step um effect right because guys you've seen the guys elevate the the motion
2: over and over again and if you rush that process up maybe you don't repeat it every single time exactly the same way exactly so i do
1: think that has an effect so you add now the cumulative effect of we have a a pitch clock you have to speed yourself up we have the dead arm phase maybe coming a little bit earlier and then ramping up but i think you brought up a really good point since you're a hitter it hasn't really affected the hitter and i alluded earlier in uh in what's on tap to there was an article where they interviewed a bunch of guys about how the rule changes are and i know you've heard some things in the clubhouse so tell me what you think the biggest effect of the rule changes have been not just for you as a broadcaster but certainly on the players and what's the consensus currently because we talked about let's look at this 30 to 45 days in and see what's going on
2: every guy i've talked to has said that it's about five seconds off they would love to see a 20 second 25 uh second clock and i think that makes a lot of sense because i'm watching guys there's there's one guy Hunter Brown on our on our rotation who pitched with this clock, you know, in his minor league career, now he's in the big leagues with it. But I think he's probably got the best mentality about it because he you you know this as well as I do and hitters do the same exact thing. You step out of the box, you get your mind right, take a deep breath, lower the heart rate and imagine what that next pitch is going to be. Now, I imagine it's going to be very similar for pitcher, and I've watched this with Hunter Brown because I know Fromber Valdez looks like he gets a little frustrated with the clock sometimes because he's a guy that needs to take that little walk after a pitch around the back of the mound and just kind of you know, adjust the hat a little bit, rethink what just happened. Why did my delivery stink on that pitch? What do I have to do? Okay, what's the next pitch? And then just kind of... All right, let's go. And you don't have that moment of sanity where you can kind of slow things down a little bit, and that's where I think a lot of hitters are having issues, is because you've got the, you've got some guys that are just naturally gifted and can and can process a little bit quicker, or just not even think and just go rake. But then you have guys like the Michael Brantleys, the Kyle Tuckers, even, uh, you know, the Jeremy Pena's, and some of these guys who are Jordan Alvarez making these mid-at-bat adjustments to how a pitcher is pitching me. That's how I step out of the box and reevaluate the situation. Why did he throw me that pitch? What's he going to come with the next pitch? And then I've got to have that thought. But now I'm like, oh shit! I've got you know I've got ten seconds back. I got to rush into the box and get set. So I think that 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 rushed idea of the game is not good for hitters because it puts the pitcher in control of games, like you're saying with the Mark Burleys, the Greg Maddox, the guys that just stand on the mound, grab and go. My mind doesn't have enough time to catch up to what's going on. And I think that leads to losing some at bats because that drives us nuts. Anytime you lose an at bat, it pisses us off.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hate to use bull Durham as like the, but I think it relates to the general public. I mean, you know, one ground ball with eyes, one, you know, little duck fart Mm -hmm. down the line. Like, I mean, giving away at bats in a world where it's like, all right, 1 for 3 with a walk versus 1 for 4 with a punch out right i mean that's Amen, a huge brother. that's a right 25333 i mean that's a huge difference and you start giving away at bats throughout the course of the year I mean, I know nowadays with the way the bullpen is, it's different because guys come out. You know, everybody's throwing ninety-five, and it's harder to see these guys all as closers. But I mean, man, a lot of guys made their living. They were zero for two against a starter, and then they finished the game two for four. You know, because the team's yeah. up eight nothing, and they're bringing in the guys. You know, like Tuttle out of the bullpen, like to mop <laughs> up the game. Stop. I, I'm kidding, but but no, I'm. But you're right, right. You could make your living, right? Not giving away at bats yeah. and just being very consistent to have. Hey, I had a two for four day or a one for three day, even though I was zero for two off Verlander. I got my hit off the guy in the bullpen because we were up. And now you're actually, yep. you know, keeping, you know, keeping, uh, keeping your career afloat, right? Making money for your contract. And like you said, giving oh, away there's at bats a word is. For
2: it. It's called salvage. Yes. <laughs> salvage in it bat with a base hit or a walk. Right. You know?
1: And I think professional hitters salvage. So this article, and I didn't forward yeah. it to, so I feel bad, but it interviewed um, selfish, uh, hitters, man. pitchers, different. I know. I Freaking What's selfish, the guy yeah. that used to play for the A's and now he plays for the Mets? That could have been the one gift guy. you gave
2: me. It was in the article reading. Just, I know. So I, I know apologize. what you're talking
1: about. But no. I did send you the comedian, Ronnie Ching, but <laughs> you got to watch that. You <laughs> yes, haven't watched it yet.
2: so. I gotta watch. Um, I'm got just going to download one of his episodes and watch it on one of these next 3 hours. That's what you got to do, on.
1: Netflix. Yeah, you should. It's hilarious. And then get back to me.
2: So anyway, but the article was- Netflix has done a good job with all the comedians, by the way. Sorry. Oh, they really have.
1: No, it's fine. Um, but all I was going <laughs> to say is the the point is that the clock is the one, to your point, that stands out. It's like a sore
2: thumb. It stands but out it's like a sore thumb. That's the one thing that everybody's working with. I mean, there's exactly. guys in the WBC, no guys in the WBC that work with that clock. I thought this would affect relievers more because we talked about it earlier, max effort, 100 miles an hour, yeah. spin rate off the charts. Yeah. but And they don't have time to regroup and throw it, but it's affecting yeah. starting pitchers more.
1: Yeah, I think so. I was going to say, the, the guys – the hitters are happy that the guys aren't allowed to shift so that rule was actually really positive among the hitters I was going to just aggregate how they looked at it the pitchers were happy with um, or or the hitters were happy with the no shift the bigger bases Um, I think Elvis Andrus was interviewed in there and he was talking about he Mm -hmm. likes the bigger bases he likes the base running go figure right his game his style yep um, and then the negative was the pitch, uh, the pitch clock for both, hitters and pitchers. They didn't like the pitch clock. So I think – Right. That's true. But I think – and that's what you brought up. I think they – you said they were going to do a 30-whatever, maybe analysis or something like that. But I think for the playoffs, maybe they'll make some uh, caveat right? or some extension because I think – the hitters and pitchers would both would like it just to be 5 seconds longer and the fact that they've now played let's say 45 days I'm not really sure when this podcast was. Oh, there was like 32
2: 33 games yeah, uh, played right. so if, let's the, let's like, say f- per team.
1: There you go. So let's say we're we'll, we're at 40 games now coming up 35 games obviously but they will have enough of a like a sample size to say hey look both pitchers and hitters agree this should be 5 seconds longer and let's make it 5 seconds longer and the fact that everybody's played under this quicker clock 5 seconds yeah. might even feel like an eternity right like that's the middle ground that they're going to that they're going to negotiate for and now we're going to see the baseball that we really want to see
2: hmm so, so the game is actually averaging two hours and 38 minutes. They've legit locked off or blocked off, or lopped off, blocked off, cut off. Geez, yeah, it's 8 a.m. for me, That's okay? I'm good. still through one yeah, cup me. of coffee. Uh, <laughs> 25 minutes on the clock. So it's actually 30 minutes. I think last season in 2022, it, the average time was three hours and eight minutes. They're sitting at two hours and 38 minutes. We've played a 1,000 baseball games. And to Tuttle's point, you've got data now. So you have the numbers. And yes, at the same time as you're saying, okay, we've cut 30 minutes off the ball game. We are now playing a game that everybody's entertained by. Guys are starting to figure it out. They've settled in a little bit. But we could make it better. If we just gave five extra seconds with nobody on base and five extra seconds with somebody on base... Would that, what are you adding? Another 10 minutes to the game? So you're at 248. I don't know if, you know, are they willing to be able to do that? Because I think, and you probably feel the same way, I think the product would actually be better because we're seeing, you know, Goldschmidt's struggle. We're seeing Nolan Arenado struggle. We're seeing other guys uh, struggle a little bit with some of the uh, adjustments to this. But if you threw them a bone, I think the game would actually benefit from it as far as a playing standpoint where you'd see guys playing a little bit better. Maybe those at-bats become a little bit tougher and a little more intricate because you have time to think about them and adjust and play that cat-mouse game. But at the same time, why the freak won't Rob Manfred listen to the players? I don't understand that part.
1: I don't either. I mean, he never has, obviously, but he might. (laughs) It's true. You're there right. might be there might be enough pushback, right? I mean, yeah, you're not going to change. What a, a dog can't change its spots. Cat can't. Leopard can't change its spots. Something like that. Um, going to leopard call me can't old change dog
2: its spots. tricks or something? Yeah, there you go.
1: But you, but you do need <laughs> you do need some advisory, you know, uh, discussions about that. And I'm sure he's hearing it from someone some oh, at I'm some sh- level. Yeah. And if you were willing to make all these changes in in the first place, which obviously it's given us a topic. Uh, for podcasts in the whole last year. With the shift yeah. and Yeah, I mean, we're just every day. It's like, oh, yeah, what about the rule changes? <laughs> oh, yeah, what about this rule? I mean, it's a great topic to discuss in a baseball-related podcast. Why not, if you're willing to just throw all these things in there, why not adjust them as you go? And I think you make the best point, which is two hours and 38 minutes from last year was 3.08. So you're 30 minutes ahead. 2.45 or 2.48 wouldn't be such a bad number, right? If you added 10 minutes Mm -hmm. that, you're still under three hours. You know, they've already seen, we've talked about last time, like Milwaukee and and Houston extend beer sales to the end of the game at certain locations because of, you know, obviously because of revenue as well, money. It's always the wallet, Um, man. It is. So why not make it the best game they can? Because let's see why would we go see the Cardinals play? Would it be to watch Aaron Otto and Goldschmidt, MVP candidates? Yeah, it would be. I mean, they're batting 230 and he can't adjust his batting gloves. He's got to race in there and he can't, like you said, lower Mm -hmm. his heart rate and think about what the next pitch is. Well, we're doing a disservice to the game.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I I completely agree. Those those are some of the rules in place. Um, There's another rule in place still, and they're actually a little more adamant about it this year, is checking the pitcher's hands. And they're checking for sticky stuff, quote unquote. And uh, Tuttle and I both know, having played the game, that there is a rosin bag on the back of the mound. There's one for the home pitcher. There's one for the away pitcher. And uh, that's how it is nowadays. It's not just a sanitary filled with this stuff that you kick around for, for weeks on end, uh, like we did in the minor leagues. And that thing would turn into a brick every once in a while. But it's effective when used with sweat and kind of created a little friction. It gets a little tacky. Um, it soaks up sweat wonderfully. And it can be usable, and it is a, it is a uh, substance that you can use. Uh, we saw it earlier in the season with Domingo Herman, who got warned and was asked to wash it off several times before he stayed in the game and set a career high with a uh, number of strikeouts in a game. And he went on his merry way and continued to pitch. We just saw recently Max Scherzer get popped for it. They actually asked him to wash it off and use alcohol, but alcohol apparently aggravates the rosin and creates a stickier substance. At least this is how the reported story is going. And Max Scherzer proceeded to get ejected and suspended for 10 freaking games. And he is back, and he pitched his first game, and all of his spin rates were down considerably, and he looked different. Tuttle, is Max Max Scherzer a cheater?
1: No, I mean, obviously... (laughs) <laughs> if he were a cheater, then he, he would have got scared tossed out of from his mind. Game. He probably didn't yeah. want to use the rosin. Yeah, he probably didn't even use the rosin bag. You know, it's funny. David <laughs> Cohn did an experiment, another thing that I did. Oh, I saw yet. that. Did that was you see good. That? And yeah. that, he put alcohol, and he was just showing how sticky. So alcohol is used to clean it, and then all of a sudden you use water, and then, oh, the ball sticks yep. to your ball fingers. ball never comes off your finger. <laughs> never comes off your fingers. And they told him, like you said, to use rubbing alcohol, right? That was the yep. stipulation, yeah. right? The umpire said, mm-hmm. well, go, yeah, use the alcohol. So, I mean – I think he's only a cheater, uh, based on following the umpire's, you know, uh, direction, which is kind of funny. So, I-, I think this might get off the subject a little. But getting back to, they're experimenting with a tackier ball in Double A. Yeah. Um, we have said from the beginning that you guys, with these guys throwing, I was explaining this to somebody the other day, like. The higher level you get, these guys have way more control, right? So, yes, they're throwing harder, but they... You want them to have control. Right. You know they're going (laughs) to move the ball in and out, up and down. And that's why guys get so frustrated when balls get away. And it does happen. That's the risk of this whole thing. But we see it in football, too, where you know targeting, it's like, hey, the guys are moving so fast. It's like, I didn't try and decapitate him. I was trying to hit Mm -hmm. his shoulder, and he moved in midair. And you know what I mean? And these guys are not... You see it all the time. And so baseball, very similar. You want these guys to have some control. Now, I know they're trying to crack down on the sticky stuff, but I still think, to your point, rosin has always been allowed. It's been around. The longer you leave it on the back of the mound, the cakier and brickier it gets back there, so it doesn't work. but, (laughs) but, But they are, this goes back to the Manfred thing. They are getting to this point where- Shocking. Yes, we want you to have- tacky, but we you can't have tacky in this way, right? Uh, you can't and, be too tacky. <laughs>
0: there's, a, there's a story
1: in there. Hey, <laughs> Just like this podcast, you can't be too tacky. Um, so so I just, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm curious as to what you think, because where is the happy medium and what are we really talking about? I know off air, we were saying like Herman is you know playing for the Yankees and he got to stay in the game. I don't know if he used alcohol, but there is... <sighs> Where there's smoke, there's fire, right? He set his record with, uh, you know, strikeouts in that game, and they let him stay in the game. Scherzer yeah. washed his hands with alcohol. He's playing like for the wrong New York to. team, man. Ah, oh, there you go, wrong New York team. <laughs> so, so where is the happy medium with this? And I mean, do you believe I mean, Scherzer's a to cheater find. or Armand's a cheater? I mean, are we still are we still just in the gray area of the rule book? What are we at?
2: Well, I, th- I think we're still in the gray area, and it's all a part of evolution. These guys are going to find a way to get a grip on the baseball. It may be, it. it somebody out there is going to invent a combination of substances that you can wipe off your hand or spit on and wipe it off and then go get checked and nobody's going to know. And then you're going to reload and go back out there and use the stick, whatever yeah. that that's the, I mean, that's a whole nother realm of what's going on.
1: No, but that's, what's going to happen. Some guy's going to have something in his back pocket. Right?
2: That's going to erase oh, yeah. the sticky. Somebody's going to be I'm like, dude, you. check it out. I got this and this, and I put it together yeah. and then it wipes off. It's great. Yeah. Um. But <laughs> You know, so that's just, that's just the natural evolution of, of sports and maybe warfare. You know, it's just like you just, you find a way to succeed and compete or beat somebody. But. For the time being, let's go with the theory that guys are actually just using the rosin back there. Now you're telling them you can only use a certain amount of rosin, and if it gets on your glove, it's even worse. So I don't, that's where it makes it tough. Now, if they get this tacky ball, which I've heard mixed reviews on, some guys like it, some guys don't. And it's really interesting to me that to have that tackified ball in play, because as an infielder you know, if I pick this thing up and grab it wrong, is it going to be stickier on one side or the other side? And then what happens to it when I throw the ball? But uh, say the tacky ball makes its way to the big leagues, which we know most things do make its way to the big leagues. What do you do with the rosin after that? Are you just going to play with a tackified ball and that's it? And how do you check guys for the, for the stick after that? I mean, who's to say that guys won't get the stick, put more stick, and go out there and just spin the hell out of these things? It's, it's wild. Yeah.
1: I don't know what the theory is behind it, but I'm assuming that. What
2: led to checking, by the way? What was it? Was it just the spin rates? I don't even remember anymore.
1: Um, I don't remember either. Was it Garrett Cole? Somebody had that mixture and it was getting really sticky. So they were using that. Oh, was that that, Spider um,
2: Tack or whatever it was? It was just spider They were using Spider
1: Tack. And so, yeah, I think they were like, man, these things are really sticky. (laughs) So it oh, was something man. like that. It was the combination where guys were using sunscreen, rosin, and something else, and all of a sudden, yeah, because the, the sunscreen really and rosin's sticky.
2: been around. I feel like ever since yeah. bullfrog was invented, like we were using yeah. that in the minor leagues forever. Yeah, why didn't you tell me, man? I needed help. <laughs> oh, dude, I put, I put, I would put literally. I would grab, I would before I took the field, I would go to the on deck circle and grab the pine tar and just rub it in my yeah. glove before I ran out to third base. How about that? Nobody ever yeah. said a word to me when I did that. So uh, no. we would throw the ball around. I would grab it in my glove, and I would like purposely yeah. like squeeze it as hard as I could. Number one, and number yeah. two, when I went in to grab it, I would I would rub it on and throw it yeah. back to the pitcher. Yeah, they love. Well, that I knew shit.
1: guys. The guys with the glove, they would bend up the little metal ringlet, you know, on there. Oh, yeah, dude, that's a good one. So you have the ball in your glove they would cut it and yeah. so you could just throw this thing away from the cut on the ball mm-hmm. but now they throw out the ball so quick it doesn't really <sighs> you know it doesn't really make a difference so i think yeah i mean we can get go down that rabbit hole but the tackified ball um how it affects the infielders how it affects the game i mean just another rule change may be coming right when we get
2: the tackified yeah. ball in the big
1: but leagues. then they'll take the but rosin
2: I, off the back of the mound if that happens right you can't have both
1: I don't know. I mean, I. I, Why not? I mean, if it gives you, I don't know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's too sticky. Rob, Rob said it's too sticky.
1: Too sticky. I. I there's got to be a happy medium, but it just has to go across the board, which is, to your point, you you don't want these guys throwing 95 with no control. So I'm sure that's Amen. why yeah, they're experimenting don't. with the tackified ball because these guys were like, hey, you guys took all the stuff away from us and the rosin alone isn't good enough, right? Rosin was always combined. As a matter of
2: fact, if I had good stick Or they stick adjust on to the hands, rosin and they say it's too much. Come on.
1: Yeah, it's but if, right. I had, if I had a good stick on the ball or the laces were sticky, I would use the rosin to kind of… You know, it was like dust. Take like the you, stick it off. would actually, yeah. yeah, it would take a little stick off. So rosin's kind of one of those weird. You know, you could use a little dirt on there, but uh, anyway, I, it's just again, we're in a baseball. It's always been a game of inches and a game of adjustments, and I think we're in that that realm where hey, we need to make some more adjustments with the stick on the ball and certainly with the the pitch clock.
2: Yeah, and I don't, I don't think Max Scherzer's a cheater either. I think he he used the rosin yeah. the way he, if you. If you work within the rules and it make it too sticky, that's good for you. Maybe guys, like you just said, Tuttle, maybe some guys don't want that kind of stickiness to it. Maybe other guys are going to go out there and want it to be a little more slick for the movement, but I don't know. Um, but don't that's, really. uh, that's basically what I've got as far as yeah. uh, topics mm-hmm. de jure, as Tuttle yeah. likes to say. You know we what could I just do learned? A quick, oh, go ahead. No, what did you learn? What um, de jour means? <laughs> uh, no, it made me think de jure, made me think of bougie. I didn't know it came no from bougies. bourgeois.
1: Oh, bourgeois! Yeah, bougie. I knew that. Yeah, isn't that I funny? So- yeah. I
2: did not know that. That's another. It's thing good to learn. What
1: the good freak? to learn something every day. I got to help you. Um Damn it! What's your uh, soup de jour? That's our soup of the day. Oh, that sounds really good. Mm, it yeah, does it sound good. <laughs> <laughs> is that dumb is that, and dumber what is that just
2: dumb and dumber what's, yeah yeah what's that your, soup, is your
1: soup of the day oh that sounds really good um <laughs> <laughs> um so what well let's do a quick uh like just around so we have the nba playoffs going right lebron and Steph are playing against each other aaron Rodgers, since last time we haven't talked got finally oh, out of geez. green bay so are the jets the super bowl favorites and we got our payout from uh From the fantasy football league, and I'm I'm ready to sign up again.
2: Yep. Oh man, yeah. I've got. I just might as well send in my money for next year as long as I mean along with this year. Uh, Hey, uh, go ahead. Speaking of Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, going thoughts on that? Yeah, is he not an old fossil? I mean, what are we making this big ass trade for the New York Jets? Is he really going to salvage that franchise at his age and do? I mean, he's going to be good. We'll give him that. There's some good wide receivers, and I actually like the couple of wide receivers they have in yeah. New York. I mean, he's old. He's beat to hell. If they don't have an offensive line, he's going to get wrecked. Um, but being around, I can't remember the young quarterback's name they have over there. Uh, yeah, the guy uh, from BYU. Yeah, yeah. The the milf hunter the yes. but uh, <laughs> that's terrible. Garrett, but, I mean Wilson, he could re- something Wilson. Yeah, no. I can't remember. That was one of the Garrett wide receivers, Wilson. I think. But but what where's the is that really going to turn that around? Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. Oh, I was right. There I knew go. it was a Wilson. I was yeah. close. You're sorry, right. Garrett sorry, Wilson was sorry. a receiver. Zach
1: Wilson. All right.
2: Thank God. Anyway, for go ahead. But what, what's the benefit of getting Aaron Rodgers over there? Is he really going to turn that franchise around? And get, I mean, he gives them hope. I know that considering what they've been in, but yeah. I don't understand it.
1: I think. So Tom Brady, when he went to Tampa Bay, I thought there was no way they're winning the Super Bowl, especially the way they started the season. And his first year there, great
2: example. That's why you're on here.
1: Hey, the first year they won the Super Bowl. No, I mean this is all speculation. I'm with you. If you're the GM, we've talked about being fake GMs before. Like, I mean, it's just a risk, right? Risk reward. So you're just looking at this, going, "Look, we think we're you're one sell player tickets, away. You're sell
2: jerseys. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they're they're ready to go. And I do think. Similar to having a Verlander or, uh, you know, a Scherzer or a Cole, these like number one starters that come in, maybe they're not going to throw 240 innings, but man, who do you want on the mound in game six of a playoff game, an NLCS? Or I think Aaron Rodgers still certainly has the arm strength. He's still savvy enough and smart enough back there. Very Tom Brady-ish in terms of, so he's going to come in and make those guys a better team automatically. And maybe even if with Zach Wilson there, he can learn from him because they're not getting rid of him. He's still in like year three. And all of a sudden, now you, you have this dual benefit of, you know, Aaron Rodgers taking you deep into the playoffs. I do have one hang up with, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and this is, I think, what you're saying, because he's only won one Super Bowl, similar to Brett Favre when he was in Green Bay and he became an idol. Aaron Rodgers is an awesome quarterback, but he doesn't strike me as the team kind of guy that Tom Brady is. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, there is no I in team, but there's an M and an E, you know, right? There's, And I mm-hmm. think that Aaron Rodgers has that little, that me thing in there. And that is always... That's, you know, whether you can fake it that you're part of the team or whether you, you know, whether the guys think they're with you, good leadership, right, is 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 hard to come yeah. by. And it'll be really interesting to see because that would be my only, you know, asterisk by Aaron Rodgers is that Tom Brady is an awesome player, the GOAT, but he was always, you know, he took those linemen out to lunch and dinner and you know that he took care of he his maximized
2: guys. the talent of those around him. Absolutely. For some reason, you know, and I, and don't I think know, that's what you're talking about.
1: Yeah, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is. It's always in that been same about category, him. right? But if he wins in New York, man, we will never have another bad word to say about him if he takes those Jets to the promised land. But there's, you know, we've talked about this extensively. There is, there's so many factors, chemistry. Mm-hmm. Leadership. I mean, is Robert Sala the coach for the Jets? You know, I mean, this is going to be a short-term experiment. I mean, like, if they go deep in the playoffs this year, then they get another year. If they don't make the playoffs or if they get knocked yeah, out dude, early, for real, Sala's is getting fired. Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back. Like, it's going to be oh, crazy. Man. So, I
2: just, I dude, coaching is a tough business, man. That's something we could <laughs> dig into too. Is coaching in in any of these leagues is a tough business, dude? The Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA championship in 2021. Here we are in 2023. You losing the first. First round, beat it. They How fired this? their head coach.
1: Last night, Scott Van Pelt had the last nine uh, NBA championship coaches yeah um there's only one of them that's still around and it was funny because steve kerr's won four of the last Krew's nine the it was guy? steve kerr steve kerr, right tyron Lue with cleveland right he won oh, yeah. when lebron and kyrie won uh nick nurse with toronto he won he got fired he's probably going to be the i think it's the nuggets not the nuggets the utah jazz is like jazz gm coach right he's probably going there um mm-hmm. you just mentioned budenholzer got fired uh there were two others in there um Anyway, but you you nailed it. Like, what a tough business. You win a championship, and you're no longer with that organization. It's like instant. Oh, uh, the the Lakers won it in 2020 with um with uh oh my gosh, gray hair like pulled. Out. Anyway, so the Lakers coach got fired after they won it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there's five. Why guys would you in want to coach
2: in the NBA? Explain yeah. that one to me. I mean, dude, I you talk about prima donnas and stuff like that, and guys that run. I mean, you're making. A million dollars to $4 million sitting on the sideline, and these guys are making $40 million. I mean, do, do you really need to yeah. – cut? Co- what NBA code? The whole NBA thing is weird to me. I'm not it a fan. Weird.
1: Well, and this is what they said about Budenholzer. You brought it up, so there is some little subtle underpinnings there. But, uh I mean, basically, Giannis, they won the championship, and then they had this year – uh last year they did okay in the playoffs and didn't win the championship obviously but they're basically one year removed from a championship and they mm-hmm. were saying that budenholzer lost some of the credibility because Giannis he wouldn't let Giannis guard um oh gosh was it lebron or something he wanted to guard a couple of guys it wasn't that who did oh man i'm i wish we were better versed really with the nba whoever the bucks were playing they were the eight seed i'm they worthless just lost to you because i don't watch it yeah yeah, it's fine, but I you know, hear about he, it and read I guess. It, I'm not watching. Right, him. Budenholzer wouldn't let um, they wouldn't let LeBron guard who he or uh, they wouldn't let Giannis guard the the main. Go- oh, Jimmy Butler! Thank God it was the Heat. Yeah, he wanted to guard Jimmy Butler, and the coach said, "No, no, no, that's strategically we're not going to do that." And so he's rolling his eyes, and he doesn't trust the coach, uh, and so. But this, I, the only reason I brought that on. up is it belies your point. He got on because yeah. he makes two and a half million dollars a year, and Giannis makes a hundred million dollars a year. You know, or he has a $100 million contract. LeBron does this all the time. Last night, the Warriors crushed the Lakers, but Tristan Thompson came off the bench. And I was like, Tristan Thompson? Oh, yeah, he was on LeBron's team with Cleveland. It's like he keeps getting a job because LeBron's like, look, we need a good locker room. You know, we Mm -hmm. need this. Anyway, so... I, I I agree with you. I, w- I wouldn't want to coach in the NBA. I should look up some of the. Oh, Frank Vogel's the other coach that I was mentioning. Yeah, Vogel. So yeah, Frank Good Vogel. Goal. Yeah, but I mean Tyron Lue. I mean we go down the list: Nick Nurse, uh, Budenholzer, these guys. I mean it's like you know it it's a tough business, and you know I don't want to be in it. Did you happen? Yeah. Last thing here: Did you happen to see the other night when uh, pool was open in the first game? And, oh dear uh, God! Darvin Ham and the coach. Shooter? Yeah, oh, okay. he did, but but in that same scene, there was nobody around him, and, and you know mm-hmm. he thinks he's the next Steph, so he can hit that shot. But <laughs> Darvin Ham and the assistant coach were on the floor, like they were the only ones near him. The defender was far away, and they both yep. did a, like a boo, like a stomp on the floor. Oh I gotta no send way. you that clip. Yeah, it's like, dude, you're the coach. Like can they kind of gave up. That? That's, That's BS, man. It was, it was brutal. <gasps> I couldn't, I got to send that to you. I'd love to hear Dang. what uh, our listeners think about it, but it's like, dude, you're a coach. Like if Steve Kerr did that or, you know, somebody else, they would get so much, you know, but Darvin Ham just looked, it was so funny. You got to watch him. They kind of gave Dang. him. The, like, yeah, it was crazy. That's messed Damn. up. So. Oh, and Wander Franco did that too.
2: A similar thing. Did you see that play? Yeah, you like flipped it up and yeah, then threw yeah. it to What's first base. Mm. Instead of a All bat right. flip, it's a ball flip. Hey, yeah. showtime, baby, showtime. Yeah, but what do you think about that? Like, you drop that and you're hey, in trouble, aren't you? You drop that, you're benched for like a yeah. week. So don't, yeah, don't, I mean, you want to F around like that? I'll F around the other way if you don't get that out. The only thing yeah. I was like, get the out. But wh- I mean, why? Why do you have Why do you have to do that? Because I want you to look at me. Yeah, I know. The world's changing. We, we
1: always yep. say how old we are on the podcast. What makes we us are. older? If we, you know, Wander, you're going to be benched. You know what they should do is bench him for doing it. <laughs> and then he won't do it because the next time he's going to do it, he's going to try something crazier and crazier mm-hmm. and crazier. And then he's going to drop it. Then he's going to get benched. It's too late. You do not how want many, that
2: guy uh, doing that. <laughs> how many Little League coaches right now, or when they saw that play, just went, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Now it's going to be in every little league practice where the kid's going to flip it up, catch it, throw it over to first base, and be like, yeah. "I'm Wander Franco!" Woo!
1: Look, you you still speak to kids and you know um around, and I'm sure you do like appearances for baseball camps and things. And I always tell these kids, I, I mean, I haven't given lessons in a while, but you talk to them, they ask you questions like, "Hey, you played baseball like two hands, man?" And then they're like, "Yeah, but yeah. I nobody catch with two hands." It's like, no. You have to understand the principles. That's how they and, got you know, there. Catching over here. That's exactly. They know how to yeah. do all that stuff, and now they're. You know, it's kind of like a golfer teeing off with his eyes closed. Like I'm the worst golfer in the world. Like I need to look at the ball, but these guys <laughs> do it all the time, right? Like hitting 10 yeah. foot putts. It's easy for them, and so just do it the right way. And it's so hard. To your point, is how many coaches like fainted when they saw Wander Franco do that? Because you know you're trying to get these kids not to pimp home mm-hmm. runs in the state you know keep their front shoulder closed and do everything oh, the right way and they just keep seeing these highlights these these are the best guys in the on the planet and they've been doing this yes. for 20 years and that's what they were destined to do and now you're trying you're in little league trying to like do something funny and you know you're going to look <laughs> like an idiot and your coaches are going to just freak out so anyway. oh love it let me show you something you know what this is Oh dude. It's the K100 that we talked you, about you last time. You found it. Taped over. That's the yeah.
2: that's the Cheo Cruise special right yeah. there, dude.
1: It's the Cheo Cruise special, so he'll appreciate. But see the little long skinny like Oh I man, told dude, you I had yeah. K100. That's
2: K100. That's impressive.
1: Many Hey, when you're a relief pitcher, you better be good with the old fungo. You know this little backspin grounders. I got Well, that that's what nobody wired.
2: that's what nobody knows is in minor league ball, we didn't have 38 coaches like they had now. So pitchers, relief pitchers would hit fungos during batting practice to guys like me.
1: That's right. And I would have guys ask me. They're like, "I would be out there shagging." I'm like, "Tired. I don't want to hit fungos that day." Or I threw them They're yeah. like, "Tuttle, come hit fungos." And I'm like, "Tuttle, let me some fungos." Yeah, but I liked it. Like when you would ask me, mm-hmm. I'd be like, hey, Blummer, sure, I'll hit you some fungus. But man, you had to, that's you, it's outstanding. an art. And you know, damn well, it's an art. I completely art agree. That, those back, backspin ground balls, and you get fired up. You hit nine out of 10 right, and you hit the 10th one wrong. You're like, Darrr. damn gotta, it. Gotta work on my skill still. Anyway, yeah. so that's the K100. It's hard to see on a podcast, but.
2: Oh my gosh, yeah. If you actually put that thing in your hands, you'd be like, well, how do you hit with this? Look at that it thing's like funny. 38 inches long.
1: Yeah. But that's why you that's why it was so impressive. Buggy that whip. could hit bombs with it, you know. Just yeah. extend the hand and hit it right on the barrel and you know, you got to really center the ball. So, yeah, you do. All right, let's close it up, Plum. I got to get yep. to work. And you got to get back to sleep. You got another hour and No, I got to go. Yeah. I'm going to go rock the gym. I'm going to go get swole. Nice. Go get, go swole. get swole. I got a workout for you. Burpees and a run on the treadmill. Man, that
2: sounds terrible, dude. Yeah.
1: Or push-ups, do push-ups and a run. That way I can you're do working a couple both of those sides. Yeah, so do like 15 push-ups, 200 meters. Well, how many meter burpees run.
2: do you do in a row? Do you do all 35 of them right then?
1: Yeah, you do 30, but just do it at a pace. Don't do it at like world record pace. Just Yeah, that change in elevation gets me, man. Yeah, but do, <laughs> oh, just going down and up, I guess. But do push-ups then. So do 10 or 15 push-ups, 200-meter run for like five rounds or okay. six rounds on the track. I can do that. And you'll be sweating and then push-up, sweating, push-up. Like, there you
2: go. All right. I like it. Okay. workout advice for blummer while he's traveling yeah some old man workout things on the road to get buff yeah that and lay off the booze um it's been another fun podcast it's good to get back on here in the bleachers i hope that everybody is enjoying their time we are heading into summer man i think i'm here in seattle and i'm gonna have to wear layers again because we flew over some snow caps coming into seattle that was kind of wild to look out the window and see but we want to thank everybody who has served in the military is serving in the military obviously we appreciate you both home and abroad your sacrifices Uh, do not go unnoticed by this podcast we appreciate all of you in the hard work Uh, we've got uh, first responders police personnel fire personnel emts everybody charging into harm's way we appreciate the heck out of you keep it up and stay safe out there. And, of course, all of the uh, essential workers, the doctors, the nurses, everybody that is involved with trying to keep us safe, we appreciate you. Make sure you keep that patient's interest in mind when you're out there working hard and keeping them safe and healthy. Just saying. But uh, we also, every all the essential uh, people who stock the shelves, travel across the country to make sure all our shipments get there on time. And, of course, teachers, that is winding down. It is almost your time, teachers. A couple more weeks, and you get that summer off after doing such a good job of educating our children. Tuttle, I'm going to leave it to you. If you're over the age of 45, don't forget to get screened for colorectal
1: cancer. And, as always on this podcast, it's great to have Blummer back, even though he's 50 years old. Uh, We encourage you to get after it and believe it.
2: Yeah, believe it. Marco, how we been? You good? We haven't talked to Marco the entire podcast. Got you got some don't need time to, last I'm time. Not, I got to give it to him.
0: No. I'm not part <laughs> of
2: it. He's, <laughs> He's like, part. "No." <laughs>